From design trends and styles to modern materials and color, these are the building blocks for the future of commercial and residential interiors. This is Element Sessions, an Element Designs podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Element Sessions, an Element Designs podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Short. If you've walked around any modern American city or office space in the last couple of years, it will come as no surprise that glass has become the dominant design choice among architects. But there is a lot more that goes into the decision to install glass than just aesthetics. To learn more about why glass has become so popular and the benefits it can bring to a project, we are joined by Nelson Wills, VP of Business Development at Element Designs, and Sahaj Patel, President of Triton Glass, LLC. Nelson and Sahaj, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing excellent, Jeff. Hope you are. Absolutely, I am. So again, let's just get right into it. Glass on exteriors of buildings has become so commonplace. And you have said that glass use has increased by about 30 to 32% for interior use annually over the last 10 years. So just generally, why has there been so much interest and and what has made glass such an advantageous material for project designers? We're seeing a lot of uh, spaces become much more open where private offices is, is been reduced somewhat. So, but we still need barriers and glass is the ideal material when you want to uh, space different areas, but you, you don't want to uh, close off the uh, environment. So that's, that's a big reason. It's, um, you know, it's, it's great because it still uh, lends the open concept, but uh, it does get barriers and some privacy. Awesome. And when people think of glass or other materials, I think they oftentimes just consider the aesthetic element. But are there some things that people might be surprised to learn about glass? other than the aesthetics? I know even health impacts in an office space. Yes, uh, so tempered glass goes through a thermal strengthening, so it's five times stronger than non-tempered glass. And that process puts the outer surface in compression and the inner surface in tension. And basically what that does is if glass breaks, it breaks into smaller pieces rather than large shards. Uh, For example, if you break a picture frame, usually the glass breaks in big, large, dangerous shards. The tempering process resolves that by allowing it to break into smaller pieces. So uh, that's the primary reason that we use glass as a safety element and building product. Yeah, can you actually elaborate a little bit on the differences between different uh, types of glass. So I know there's tempered and laminated glass. Can you maybe dive into some of the differences that um, people might need to be aware of when they're considering putting glass into their office space or residential property? Yep. So we are seeing a rise in the use of laminated glass. The, a good example of laminated is your car windshield. Um, when that breaks, it usually stays intact. So laminated glass is two pieces of glass adhered together with the plastic inner layer and the glass can be tempered or non-tempered but the purpose of laminating is for one impact resistance so it's used in high rises uh, in locations where hurricanes can impact those buildings it's also used for acoustics to help um, create a acoustically sound building and to keep the outside noise 
outside of the building. Um, and we're seeing laminated glass in um, other areas where we can't temper. One of the limitations of tempered glass is once it's undergone the process, it cannot be cut again because the glass will explode. Laminated glass, however, can be cut on site and you can have tempered laminated and non-tempered laminated. But one of the cool things about laminated is that you can use it on site and still get the safety aspect of it. So I would add to that, you know, ballistic applications, which is where laminated glass would be uh, the preferred uh, surfaces, as uh, Saj mentioned, impact, uh, also security, um, you know, entry exit from building versus monolithic tempered, which is just a, a single solid heat strengthened um, glass panel, which is ideal for typical interior spaces, but um, would not normally uh, be used in, in exteriors. Just is it, um, if it were to be hit by an object, it, it has a potential to explode. And when we say explode, that's not a negative term. It's just basically going to crumble into tens of thousands of mm -hmm. uh, non-sharp pieces. But different applications with tempered versus laminated both have uh, advantages just depending on the use. And, and that's what, I guess, the takeaway that we'd like to share with the audience. You know, once you know the use and, and what, what glass is the better fit for your application, then it's a fairly uh, simple choice, one or the other. Right. So can you walk me through a little bit of that, that process that you go through with clients in determining what type of glass is best for their environment? And I guess generally, too, is tempered and laminated, are those the two most common types of glass that are uh, prevalent right now? Well, uh, from the element design side, we do not currently offer any laminated products. So everything we would we would supply would be tempered and if we get into an application where we know it's going to be external or whatever we will uh, you know simply decline and, and recommend another provider for laminated and jeff on our end um we deal in monolithic glass which is typically the tempered products that element designs uses but we also have another area in the exterior of buildings um we have insulated glass and there's been a strong trend towards having full glass envelopes and that just allows natural light to come in and it's also uh, a better impact on the well-being of employees of having that natural light come in. So insulated glass is the third area um, in the glass realm. Interesting. And then you guys both have extensive backgrounds with glass. Is there a story that each of you can share that explains sort of the growth of glass, uh, maybe just how far it's come in recent years? Well, let's go back more than just recent years. Glass arguably is the oldest man-made material. Just age-old tradition dates back to about 3500 BC when it's believed that the Egyptians uh, artificially produced glass of jewelry, other um, applications like storage vessels. As we know, glass is ideal to to store food, uh, to drink out of. So uh, when we look back that far, it's been, glass has been manufactured by humans for over 5,500 years, which is uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, so it shaped living conditions, heritage, um, you know, 
around the world, technological deployments, uh, unlike any substance that is a uh, natural byproduct from the earth. So, you know, it's, it's used in iPhones, Bohemian Crystal, and it continues to be a material that's innovated to, um, to, to give, you know, additional solutions as um, technology is changing, building construction is changing. So we're excited about glass's fundamental material. We're happy to be in this marketplace uh, and, and excited to see where where it continues to evolve and how we can support and, and you know, supply solutions. And Jeff, on our end, just some other things. Glasses um, cross industry. So we see it in appliances. We see it in solar panels. We see it in building exteriors. We see it in interiors. There's a strong trend towards electronics um, using some sort of laminated glass with a screen in the middle. Um, and uh, the coolest thing that I saw, if you ever get a chance, is check out Solar Roadways. There's a, a husband and wife duo, they're both engineers, that have proposed a tempered glass uh, for roadways. And it's a special makeup, but the ability of that material will allow you to change configurations of parking lots, um, roadways, display caution signs on the road if there's an obstruction. Um, so in many different industries and segments, we're seeing uh, the increase in the use of glass. Yeah, and I know Nelson just brought up that it's one of the oldest materials that humans have worked with, you know, 5,500 years, which certainly predates your careers, of course. But I think a lot of people probably assume that glass has not changed much over the years. But based on what you guys just explained, there's a lot of innovation going on, it seems. Is that really the case? I mean, how quickly is glass developing and its use cases? How fast? Extremely fast. I actually saw uh, some technology out of Switzerland where they're basically controlling light uh, refracting into uh, high-resolution imagery, which, you know, that's just one example of emerging applications that, you know, we're seeing transportation, which is in line with what uh, Sahaj just, just explained, which is emerging energy efficiency improvements, uh, massive uh, leaps in photovoltaic and electrovoltaic applications, massive energy production possibilities, and then, you know, aesthetics where glass is being decorated, whether it's, uh, you know, with patterns, with uh, back painted glass, one, uh, comment on back painted glass, you want to make sure you, you uh, use manufacturers that use a water-based coating on glass just for environmental reasons, VOCs, especially in a closed envelope in a commercial space. So um, yeah, massive leaps and jumps with how this is um, evolving. And then, you know, when you look at just natural resources, glass is a, or sand is abundant, which is used to manufacture glass sustainability, recycling, uh, glass is a closed loop material, meaning it can be recycled over and over again without loss of uh, physical properties. So, you know, all things um, being equal and the upside and, and the technology developments, it's a uh, great material of choice, especially in the building construction world. Definitely. And can you also walk me through when a client comes to you, they want to transition to um, adding some more glass to their office or their building or home. 
what is that process like? Is it difficult to overhaul a space with glass solutions? And I guess sort of what are what are their concerns on their end? It's a good question. Well, uh, what we try to do on our end is just to educate because there's a increase increasing rise in the number of products available in the market. So it's our job to educate the customer on what type of glass and in and is this the right application? I'll give you an example. I had a customer that wanted to use laminated glass for display cases to display expensive jewelry, etc. But laminated glass is not meant for clarity. There's low iron glass that would have been a better solution. So it's more uh, the education aspect of and the end goal of the customer that comes into play uh, when picking the right product. Yeah, and do you feel generally that the consumer base out there is educated on the applications of glass or you know, all the different types that we've even spoken about on this podcast? How much is educating customers a priority for both of you? Well, uh, we're typically dealing with industrial clients B2B, so you know, they are familiar with glass. The end user a lot of times may not know all of the uh, the features and what the the long term benefits from a again you know go back to health and well being and then you know other aspects that it's not going to grow not going to change yellow unlike some other materials like a uh, polycarbonate the basically the non obstructive views the uh, ability to to do some really interesting design concepts all go into you know what we're seeing and these spaces and these interiors where glass is becoming much more popular. Yeah, and Sahaj, did you have any uh, comment on that as well? Jeff, I would agree with Nelson. Um, We're B2B, we're a distributor of these products, but with how fast new products are coming into the market, there is um, a gap that we do sometimes have to educate our customers. Um, And then on the retail or the end, end user, I. I think they don't know as to all the capabilities and availabilities of glass and the technical and performance specs of what's out there because it is really cool to see how fast the technology is um, increasing. Spoke a minute ago about 5,500 years of glass manufacturing. Well, when we look at education, you know, again, the, the, the fabricators that we both work with are going to be familiar, but it's upstream of that that specify the designer. Uh, for example, said 5,500 years ago, about an hour and a half ago, uh, we had a group in here in our conference room where we're uh, sitting doing this podcast now. And as I walked by, one of the visitors asked one of our salespeople, why glass versus acrylic? And, you know, when you stack up the two materials, the benefits are, are clear, uh, you know, just from a, a usability standpoint standpoint, longevity, coloration or discoloration, which will not occur with glass. And from a cost standpoint, what we're seeing is when you compare monolithic glass to acrylic or plexiglass, as it's commonly known, from a cost standpoint, it stacks up better than some of the man-made cast or extruded uh, acrylic or plastics. Yeah, fantastic. And then lastly, I did just want to wrap up by um, asking if there's anything that you guys feel is important that maybe I didn't ask already in the podcast 
uh, for your clients or listeners of this podcast that they should know about um, anything that we've spoken about uh, or just glass in general and the benefits of it? Just the, the improvements, the massive improvements that are being made with um, energy efficiency in different glass applications. The energy to produce glass is significantly down to the tune of uh, double-digit percentages. Technologies that with tempering the heat strengthening process are only getting better by the uh, equipment manufacturers. Just so the energy consumption is it's continually uh, moving in, in a positive direction, in other words, down. So couple that with all the uh, interesting finishes, the ability to color, uh, decorate, various sizes, formats. Typically, you're dealing with sheet sizes that are 130 inches, so over 10 feet by 96, about 8 feet. So large format applications, whether it's a marker board or, or uh, glass tabletop. Final thing that I'll just mention is glass is not a harbinger of bacteria or other uh, things that we certainly do not want to want around us. It's extremely cleanable because it's non-porous. Great material for you know writing, erasing type applications, but um, very safe to live around. I guess would be the uh, the overall conclusion there. And Sahaj, did you have anything that you wanted to make sure you convey? I would just add on, in addition to some of the things Nelson touched on. I was recently just in, uh, I think Tampa Airport and I believe Phoenix Airport, and I'm just walking around and in Tampa, the entire walls are all glass, back-painted glass walls. And it was some of those same notions that Nelson touched on is, you know, drywall and paint comes with the smell. There was no smell. And you could tell that this renovation had recently happened. Um, and it just looked very clean. So I see that trend of why um, architects are wanting to use glass. Sure, absolutely. Well, thanks guys for joining us today on this podcast. I really learned a lot. It was great to learn more about glass and its rise and its benefits to uh, the B2B world. So thanks again. Jeff, you're welcome. Thank you for uh, having us and I uh, hope everybody out there has an excellent day. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff.